It's a bad magic trick. If someone showed it to me as a magic trick, if they were like, all right, I'm going to write down a prediction about what word I am going to write down, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, no, that's not a... That's not a magic trick. That's just but you writing like down a series of things. But it's like that and him fucking it up. It's like he wrote down there, but he got the wrong form right, or yeah. something. Well, yeah. you notice that I wrote down, I will mention a war, and then I wrote down wardrobe. So, uh, pretty stone cold. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema so that we'll be happier to welcome death when it comes. I'm your host, No Illusions, and 989 miles to my left is my good friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me, Noah. And unfortunately, Heath is unable to join us once again tonight. He did, however, hear last week's episode and sent along an audio message, you know, in order to clear up all the rumors that he's dead once and for all, which he asked me to play for you now. I'm Heath, and I'm definitely not dead, and it would be wrong to suggest I'm dead. Also, Noah is a god at fantasy football. Well, I I am convinced. All right, I well, like that's... To say I personally am convinced. Good to hear from you, Heath. Yeah, 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 always. Um, 100% alive. And if I also wanted to offer this up quickly before we got started, a, a, a brief mea culpa. As I was editing last week's episode, I realized that I said the word exactly about 680 times, uh, usually in pairs, as in... Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to make an, a serious effort to avoid that this week. I have a handy list of synonyms for exactly sitting right next to me. Hopefully that'll be all it takes. I, I plan to reveal a personal secret about myself instead of saying I have written in my notes. So if, if I want to say <laughs> I've written in my notes, I'm just going to be like, I tried gay stuff in college. I didn't like it and, and it hurt the guy's feelings. So I, I hope we'll all work through our verbal tics. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no. keep tweeting them at us. Keep Make sure you tweet at me so I can think about it as I fall asleep next to my – just at four in the morning. Just be like, what what can I say instead of I wrote down in my notes? <laughs> just just I just scream the words. Just be like, she's fat. She's fatty. <laughs> fatty fat. All right. Well, with all that housekeeping out of the way, I guess we can get to this week's movie. Uh, today we're going to be breaking down the third film in the infamous Thief in the Night series, Image of the Beast. This is the post-apocalyptic story of a young mother trying her damnedest to wrap her vag around the throbbing cock of an early 80s version of Paul Rudd and him not getting the fucking hint. And also there's a cyborg antichrist. So Eli, how bad was this movie? So I, I got to continue the metaphor that I used last week of Crazy Jerry. Uh -huh. Which is that this, the, now we're into the, if you've ever had a friend who introduces someone as crazy and you don't believe they're crazy at first, and then they act crazy. This is that third stage where they show up to your house at four in the morning and they ask if they can park their bloody car in your garage. <laughs> That's what this movie is. Every time I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. This movie is crazy. It becomes Ooh. next level crazy. They do an <laughs> yes. entire movie about a poster that someone painted in their third grade class and it takes it to the next level. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I need to apologize to Russell S. Doughton, the producer of this film, because I said last week that I didn't see how the next movie could be crazier, and clearly I underestimated his acumen for cinematic psychosis. This is... 
not only my favorite movie that we've reviewed, this is my new favorite movie of all time. No question. Move over the third man. Fuck off Sherlock Jr. Suck a dick vertigo. You're all moving down the podium to make room for image of the beast. I have had people institutionalized for saner shit than this movie. Oh, there's no, there's absolutely no question. The fact that this movie, because other people had to contribute to this movie. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Everyone (laughs) couldn't have been crazy. When there's this many crazy people, they start a cult and kill, (laughs) uh, kill themselves in beds with sneakers on. That's what happened. We already know, which means that the gaffer was sitting there being like, man, another poster scene. All right, man, it's Union. Like, and this is – we talked about this very briefly in the first movie. This is the 70s. You couldn't just make a movie by yourself. Right. Yes, exactly. You, there were hundreds of people, hundreds. Right. To Helicopter pilots, drivers, gaffers, pi- cameramen. There, there's no way there's assistants. that many crazy helicopter pilots. They had to find <laughs> right. a normal guy who flew a helicopter and they kept coming up to him at, at like craft services and being like, do you want to know what this movie's about? No, man, I do no, not. For the I third really time, don't. I do not. I saw the poster. I don't want anything to do with it. I just want to fly the helicopter around. Oh. Do you want to know what happens when she gets shot? I don't want to know. No, no. no. All right. I, You're going to be real sad when that Jesus comes and steals. I know I'm going to be real sad when Jesus steals all the people away. I'm going to go get in the machine that disproves everything you believe. And it, what's truly amazing about this movie to me was that it was both made and screened for purposes other than showing people how insane this religion is if you take it seriously. Oh, yeah. I, again, like I this was show, this is and was shown to children. To like scare them into this religion, but I'm gonna show this movie to my children to scare them out of my religion. Uh, yes, exactly. I've, cause if I, listen, if I'm a parent, when I, when my kids are growing up, they're obviously gonna hear about religion and they're gonna be like, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking a Christian thing. And I'm gonna be like, oh, do you? You think maybe you wanna be a Christian? <laughs> well, sit on down. Put on your laser goggles, because Daddy's going to show you a little film made in the year 1978, and they're going to take off their goggles, and they're going to be like, holy fucking shit, I'm going to become a Scientologist, and I'll be like, yeah, that's a lot less crazy. You should try that instead. You want to grab a pulse monitor and sit there and talk about your feelings to Tom Cruise's gay best friend, you go ahead and do it. That is way more sane than this film. So I'm, I'm kind of going to reprise my same intro from last week. I've broken the movie down into a few categories, and I want you to tell me where this one ranked among the three movies. So where did it rank in terms of production quality? Okay, I would say this is the best production quality so far. H- how about the acting? Um, ah, oh, that's hard. Best, ah. Uh... Worst, oh, it's the best worst acting so far. All right, well said, well said. Yeah, I, yeah. I think you captured my feelings on it mm-hmm. as well. All right, how about in terms of overall insanity? Oh, this is by far the craziest movie. This is <laughs> this is next level. This is the next level of crazy. I love that. There's no hesitation. The poster, just the fucking poster, just would the have been poster. enough to push I mean, it over. We're the not edge. even talking about Scorpion with people faces. <laughs> we haven't talked about Scorpion. This movie's so crazy. It has scorpions with people faces. We've been talking for seven minutes and we haven't mentioned them. <laughs> Right. The scorpion with people phrases is not the craziest part of this movie. Right, yes. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm sad. I'm sad about it. Any oh, other movie, this would have opened, we would have changed the name of the podcast. 
Scorpion with people faces movies. <laughs> We'd have to redesign the thing. We relaunched the podcast. Hope it makes it into the top 20. I get it. Listen, I understand. You gotta rebrand so that people, you get new oh, listeners. Yeah. I understand. That's what I would do, but it doesn't matter because the Scorpion people matter so little. And it's like the seventh craziest thing in this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. It's not even top 10. No, it might, might, might barely make my top 10, but yeah, it's right there on the bubble. So well, I hope you can just hear in my voice that I'm giddy to get to the breakdown. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dig into the dark web of faulty neuronal pathways that is Image of the Beast. Among the myriad interesting things that we learned watching Image of the Beast is that all one needs to successfully generate reliable prophecies is a Commodore 64, or its functional equivalent in vacuum tube technology. Well, knowing that, and knowing that those religious folks had a crazy unfair head start when it came to prophecy, we decided to fire up the old C64 and create the world's first atheist computer prophecies. Atheist computer prophecy. Richard Dawkins' final tweet will just be the N-word for 160 characters. Atheist computer prophecy. You will be added to a Facebook group by someone you barely know. You will delete that person. Atheist computer prophecy. The men's rights movement will spontaneously dissolve when 90% of the members realize they were just gay. Atheist computer prophecy. C.J. Wurlamen will pass this computer prophecy off as his own without attribution. Atheist computer prophecy. Bernie Sanders will win the 2016 election, but upon learning this, he will leap for joy. When he lands, he will turn to dust on impact. Donald Trump will become president. A thousand years of darkness will follow. And we're back to break down the third greatest thing that ever happened after David Tyree's Super Bowl catch and the invention of the blowjob, Image of the Beast. And we'll start, as we did in the last film, with a little Star Wars scroll about the Bible. Yes, absolutely. In which they call this movie a film story. <laughs> oh, did which, I miss that. Yeah, that strikes me as a mistranslation. The very beginning, they're like, this film story. And I'm like, it's just a film or a story. It's not a film story. <laughs> it's like when you get the, the fan and the instructions were written in Chinese and then translated right. to American by a person who doesn't speak uh, English. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I don't know. Something about turn it on. Zero, one, two, three. You get it. Come on. Just turn your fan on. So, yeah, no, the, the message here, I guess, is that many biblical scholars agree with the Bible, and, uh, even though it seems like this movie's insane from start to finish, this definitely could happen. Yeah, totes serious, you guys, totes serious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the big message right here, is please take this movie seriously. And then we end on Isaiah 819, which is something about not- Wizards that peep <laughs> and mutter. Yes! You know what? If you want people to take your message seriously, maybe don't follow it up with a quote that thinks that wizards are real. <laughs> that's that's actually working directly the opposite of what you want. Precisely. See, I didn't say exactly. Please take this very seriously. Also, our God thinks witches are real. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you kill those wizards right after you're done taking this movie seriously. And then we get the credits. And this is so funny because, okay, this movie was released in 1980. And what we're supposed to be looking at is a bunch of high-tech computer equipment, yeah. but it's 1980. So we're looking at so, Christopher Columbus's navigational computer here. Right. We're looking at someone pushing abacus back and forth. More or less. I, I thought I wrote in my notes here, uh, maybe this is an electric shaver. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is this is the power for that razor we, we <laughs> earlier saw, that Honda right. Civic sitting in that bathroom <laughs> sink. 
This is where this is where the rest of it was. I get it. <laughs> Certainly. I had a, at yeah, one point exactly. I just thought to myself, "Man, this entire room is now in my phone and I don't care." Right. Holy shit. This, enti- this entire film room that they're filming all these different elements elements of are in my phone and I'm like, "Porn won't load fast when I'm underground." <laughs> It's amazing Ugh. to think of. So basically we're so looking at dumb. a bunch of recording stuff and it's, it, there's like a very obvious undertone of computers are evil that is going to, yeah. it's, it's pervasive throughout the movie, but it, it, they really set it up even in this, um, uh, this first scene that you're looking at computers, but there's just something sinister about them. Yeah. They're just scary computers. <laughs> You know, they're, they're, I, I have evil television, evil switches, evil, because everything is just sort of like an, is it an evil petting zoo? It just all strikes me. It's, and I saw in the credits, there's, there's a helicopter and I was like, don't worry guys, there's another helicopter in this movie. We're not going to have an image of the beast movie without the helicopter. It would be, yeah, no, it would be like an Indiana Jones movie without the whip. So if you stayed awake through the 40 minutes of credits, you're treated to a pre-rapture supermarket scene and a UPC symbol that is approximately the size of a fully unfolded newspaper. Yeah, it is the large, it is comically large. Yeah. It is huge. It takes up three quarters of a jar (laughs) of like mayo or whatever it is that it's on. And I realized something really important, and this is going to come back throughout the movie. There, there's a Pete Holmes bit where he says, I don't understand magnets. I don't understand this. This is magnets. That's what this movie mm-hmm. is, except with computers. It's like, I don't understand computers. I don't understand UPC codes. It was a thing. It was a picture. I put it up to a little red laser, and then they knew how much it cost. The devil's work. That's what work. everything a computer is. That's the devil's work, exactly. A computer can read all pictures. It's that is what I learned about standing computers. standing around with a bunch of magnets asking how the fuck they work. That is right. th- This is that in movie form. Um, right. And so there, it, it, what we're seeing now is a couple walking through the, the supermarket. Uh, this is before the rapture. And they come across a book called Computer Prophecies. Computer Prophecies. Which is going to be pivotal to the movie. Uh, they buy the, uh, the, oh, and then they, so they go to the cashier and I guess she knows them because all white people know each other. Fucking racist. True. And she says to the, to the woman, she says, are you still at Computers Incorporated? <laughs> Yeah, so we've, it's been 40 seconds and we've already had two references to just like, oh, it's a book of computer prophecies. You still work at Computer Incorporated? We should buy some computer sauce for our computer flavored ice cream. Computers, they're gonna matter in this movie. This is, is that enough? Did we say it enough? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, no, they didn't. They obviously didn't because then they have a conversation about their computer prophecy book and they're like, what's this book? Oh, it's a book about, what, what is this? It's a religious book about people who worship computers? Right. But it turns out that, uh, spoiler alert, it turns out that all of those prophecies are true and they are the prophecies from the Bible? Right. Just So the computer was right. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. Uh, who, who the fuck knows? There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm three down on my exactly synonyms here. Um, and then, of course, they have to say something about, uh, you know, oh, well, sometimes you just have to scare people to get their attention. Hint, hint, wink, yes. wink. Well, you get it? You get it? Because that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing it's with this not movie. It's gratuitous. We're just trying to get yeah. them to heaven. 
That's that's why we did that in the last movie. There's there were some complaints about the cutting people's head off scene at the end of our last movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. So here in this movie, we just wanted to establish the point of this movie is to scare people into reason. Yeah. Which, by the way, what a fantastic indefensible position that you would never hear out of Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> right. You know, Neil deGrasse Tyson never pooked up from the bottom of the screen and was like, "Oh yeah, bitches. Well, the sun's gonna eat you. You like that?" You like that the sun's gonna come and eat your face? <laughs> now nah, I'm just kidding. It's not gonna happen. But I, I, I got y'all listening now. Here, here's some science facts. I scared you into science, and damn it. So now the, 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 the woman here and the cashier are having this conversation about computer prophecies or whatever, and the husband starts going off about Jesus and about how you ladies need to accept Jesus in your, into your heart. And I'm like, I am so glad this asshole is getting raptured and we don't have to put up with him for any more movie. Right, yeah, exactly. Unless you, the quote is, unless you gals open your hearts, mm-hmm. which, which, by the way, is not nice supermarket talk. <laughs> and uh, Christian, this particular Christian movie, bingo, inappropriate talk for whatever it is activity that's going on. Making cookies, talk about the rapture. Going to the supermarket, talk about hell. There's always one character that's like, oh, what a lovely picnic. You guys ever think about getting eaten in fire forever? No, man. <laughs> We just want to throw this now frisbee around. We're thinking about that. Also, you get a double stay up there because there's a little bit of misogyny uh, just built yeah, into that statement. You gals. Uh, uh, so then we cut forward to you know he's talking about the prophet. The revelation is going to come true, and the tribulation is going to happen. And then of course we cut to where we left off in the last movie, uh, which was with Linda getting her head chopped off and Patty screaming about it. Now, what's amazing to me here is that they've they've reassembled the cast from that movie but it's all like five years later and no one looks the same yeah no it's like everyone went to a very very heavy lunch <laughs> well between I, I mean one the of them shots. is like the, the, the young girl that, that like sold them out at the beginning is there and she's like five years older she's now taller than patty she doesn't even look yeah. the same you have to like i had to check imdb to make sure it was the same actress it's very, very strange. It's a very weird thing. Also, Jerry's mustache got way more spectacular in Jerry, between. Jerry's mustache transforms through each of these movies, and I believe by the final film will have taken over his entire face. <laughs> it started as mutton chops and has gotten more and more and met at the middle of his face, and I, he's just going to be the wolf man by the final <laughs> movie. He's just going to be Cousin It, just for hair from head to toe. At least we got something with his balls hanging to. out underneath. Yeah, two right, little right. Exactly. Pallets tiny, of tiny little uh, shorts going on there somewhere on cousin it. That should be interesting. So now we, they're still. We left off. Of course, they were chopping Linda's head off. They were about to chop Patty's head off. They're all trying to convince Patty to give up on Jesus or whatever, and she just won't do it. So they put her on the guillotine. They strap her in, but before they can hit the cut her head off switch or whatever, the sky becomes angry. Right, scary clouds and an earthquake. So everybody runs away. There's a Cheech Marin's there dressed like the UN guy. So he runs off. All the people who are waiting to get their heads chopped off run off because they don't put these people in handcuffs or anything. But now that's going to be fairly key here because included in the people that run off are the people who are going to be at the center of this movie, the rest of this movie. So for the rest of this movie, 
we're going to have to sympathize with characters that just left Patty strapped to a guillotine in a fucking earthquake. And yes, the the moment we see Patty goes, please help me, let me out of here, and the protagonist of this movie looks at her and is like, nope, and <laughs> fuck that away. shit, and runs off. <laughs> and they never even like, she never even's like, damn, I really probably shouldn't have let that chick get her head Should've chopped saved off. That lady. <laughs> well, and okay, so but now everybody's run off, and she's she's strapped into this guillotine now. Clearly, she could just like move her head up, you know, just lean her head up and 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 be safe. Uh, but right. she doesn't. Apparently, she doesn't think about that. So we get this suspenseful moment where she's trying to unstrap herself. But you know how guillotines are; they always have that hair trigger. Yeah, yeah. You know how guillotines are just ready to go at any moment. <laughs> like, there's no safety built into guillotines. They're just like basically they're they're balanced. They're balanced on a single piece of metal, oh, so gosh. that at any moment they could just fall. <laughs> So we're seeing like the latch move a little bit while she tries right, to unstrap exactly. herself from the uh She's basically hanging from the edge of a cliff with the with the branch she's holding onto slowly falling out of the earth. It's that trope, but it's a guillotine <laughs> about to come undone and smash down to the, the bottom way and cut her head off. Guillotines do. And I, I I'm she's supposed to be scared, but she honestly just sounds like she's having trouble finishing. I wanted to reach out through the movie and help her out, but I, yeah, I wrote, Patty is making noises that make me tickle in my tummy. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> um, so just as, as you think she's about to escape or whatever, she doesn't. The guillotine falls, and she gets her head chopped off and dies. Yep. This is the main character of the last two movies, y'all. We start this movie off with, oh, oh, we've created a way for her to escape that's kind of cheesy. Nope, never mind. Nope. So now we are in a dark basement with these characters that ran off and let Patty die in the fucking right. uh, earthquake. And from now on, we're just not we're not going to talk about the Patty thing anymore. Our heroes. <laughs> so and then we also see a U.N. guy stalking around in this dark rat filled basement that they're in uh, and he finds them. But luckily for them, it turns out he's a good guy disguised as a bad guy and wants to help. And this to me, this is who, uh, Noah previously called, uh, 80s Paul Rudd. I call this Conan O'Brien, cause to me he looks a lot like young yeah, Conan okay, O'Brien. Yeah, okay, alright, like a black haired so, Conan O'Brien, I gotcha. Yeah, throughout my, throughout my notes, he is Conan O'Brien. I'll go with Conan O'Brien, uh, cause I yeah. like Paul Rudd, I don't care for Conan O'Brien. Uh, yeah, I don't exactly. mind besmirching his name here. Yeah. So he like, he basically is like, you know, finds him in the basement and he's like, oh, come out of there, let me see your hands or whatever, and they show him, that they don't have the mark, and he's like, oh, praise God. And I'm thinking, would he have shot them if they had the mark? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Oh, you guys are bad. Pat, pat. Anyways, I'm a Christian, do the thing. I'm a Christian, I'm a good guy, I left a person to die, and I'm a good Christian. So then he explains that he killed someone for their uniform. Mm -hmm. They're like, how'd you get that uniform? And he's like, oh, I, I, I got it from a guy. Uh, and she's like, did you kill him? And he's like, I'm not sure if I killed him. And it's like, you're not sure? <laughs> How are you not sure if he, I'm a hundred percent sure I've never killed anybody. <laughs> Unambiguously. <laughs> yeah, it's a very hard thing. Humans are pretty hard to kill. So it's pretty, <laughs> if, did you spend 20 minutes beating a guy's skull until it looked like a you? Oh yeah, no, I did that. Yeah, you killed oh, a guy. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> he is no well, longer. Well, good. Cause I was worried he was going to wake up naked. Uh, so yeah. now we've got, we've got two women here that he's found, uh, Leslie and, uh, Kathy. And I'm just helping you out. They don't tell you those names until 20 or 30 fucking minutes into the movie, but those are their names. And one of them, Kathy, has a little boy named Billy, 
who's also mm-hmm. wandering around. Because in this apocalypse, the babies didn't go for free. It's not like the Nick Cage apocalypse, damn it. Jesus left the four-year-olds there if they hadn't told him that he that they yeah. loved him yet. And it's very clear that the brunette chick, Leslie, wants to fuck the UN murdery Christian guy. They want to fuck each other? Oh, yeah, yeah. They want to fuck each other. She's like, oh, I wish we'd met at a different time. And he's like, me too. And it's like, you guys met like four seconds ago. Right. And, and she's going like, so the, so the, uh, Kathy takes the little boy off so he can take a shit or whatever. And they have this right. just like really sexually charged conversation for this movie, really sexually charged, which is like, what are you thinking about? And he's like, you're wet pussy. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. I'm thinking about Jesus. I'm thinking about how much I'd want to fuck Jesus so hard and just have Jesus do a handstand and just bury my face in him like a goddamn feedback. I, I mean, Jesus. Also, I just want to point out, this is another moment where a character goes, I worked with handicapped kids. Mm-hmm. And and everyone's like, Meh. you selfish bitch. <laughs> like, But how much time did you spend talking to your invisible friend yeah. and asking him to forgive you for the thing he did? <laughs> Again, the message of this movie is very clearly Jesus doesn't care about helping retarded kids. Nope. He cares about himself and how much you love him. That's how it. do adults say these words? I, I, I have no fucking clue. How do they feel? I, how do they sleep at night after? Anyway, I, uh, we'll figure it out eventually. So on their back, staring at a poster. Now, <laughs> <laughs> there it is, the eighth trumpet. Good for I me. Cannot wait to get to the poster. Now it's important <laughs> that we set this up though because they ask Kathy. They're like, you know. Well, if you were just some selfish bitch taking care of handicapped kids and retarded children and whatnot, why didn't you just take the mark? And she says it's because she had this book of computer prophecies that warned her of all of this. Yeah, computer told her not to. Yeah. So then, now they've got to get away, but unfortunately, outside of the wherever the fuck they are, there's a UN guard just standing around beaten off, and they have to get by him. Who they will call the goon. Throughout the movie. They will call him a goon of some kind. Mm-hmm. So many times throughout this movie that I started to question whether or not his name was goon. <laughs> like if his name was like Mr. Goon. Right. So just be aware, if you watch this movie along with us, that's not his name. They just continually call this person a goon. Well, this movie was handicapped several times by the fact that they couldn't say anything even remotely sweary. This is a movie right. where they'll cut people's heads off, but they won't say shit. They won't even say... Right. you can't say fuck. Well, and they, but, but they won't even say this jerk. They have to call him a goon. Like, they're constantly oh. in this position where you should be swearing at somebody or at least saying something kind of blue, and they won't go any any further than, well, we've got to oh. do something about that mean goon out there. Crazy billionaire idea? Reshoot this movie shot for shot, but you just replace it with the proper amount of swearing. So every character's just like, fucking shit, balls! No! Fuck it! Fuck! Fuck it! Fuck! Fuck! <laughs> Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Every time they're running, the entire first movie, that, like, 25-minute right. scene, you just have it 80-yard over with her being like, fuck, 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 shit, fuck, oh, fuck, 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 fuck me in the ass. God damn it. Fucking, fuckity, fuck. Oh, I love fuck it because me the that's not going to take billionaire money. I can do that on Sunday. That's awesome. Let's do it. Uh, so, so now they got to get by the mean goon. And they use the... Okay, so they have a Jeep, right? So what they could do is just drive off really fast since he's just standing there but instead they have a jeep and a gun (laughs) and a gun yeah right and so but instead their their idea is to drive up to where he is stop 
and then spin the tires so mud hits him in the face and then they'll drive off. Right, yeah, like a fucking cartoon to which he reacts like he's been shot. The <laughs> mud goes in his face and he's like, Argh! he falls down into the mud. Right. He falls face first into the mud and rolls around like he's been pepper sprayed. And, and and we're hearing in the background the military equivalent of yakety sax. It's not just the action that is cartoon like. The music is as well. It's also like <laughs> it's very weird. And just so you don't think to yourself, oh, this is some silly cartoon movie. They murder someone now. Uh, the the mean goon shoots. Brunette chick? The, the, Brunette chick who wants the D. Yeah, exactly. And earlier. And she, of course, being shot in the back, jumps towards the bullet. She's like the like fucking JFK do. assassination. She jumps towards <laughs> the bullet, out of the car, into the mud. So the fake soldier guy carries her away and, like, puts her under some bushes or something so they won't find the body and fuck it, I guess. Uh, by the way, his name is David. We find that out at this moment. Um, okay. And he thinks that she's dead. But she's not. She like zombies. She's super not dead. Back to she's life. She's super not yeah. dead. And uh, I I know this is a movie trope and not necessarily a Christian movie trope, but people do not get more alive after they've been shot. There's always this moment where someone gets shot and then they're like, oh, I'm alive. And it's like, no, if you get shot, you get more and more dead until someone <laughs> removes bullets and sews you up. There's not a there's no moment where you get better from a gunshot. It's not a thing. You get worse and worse, and because all your blood is leaving, and you need that <laughs> for your body shit. to live. It oxidizes and whatnot. But it's the Walking Dead Christian edition, apparently. Yeah, because she's still alive, but they don't figure that out until they've they've taken off. Because there's other jeeps coming. Don't worry. I mean, if you were if your heart was palpitating with suspense about what was going to happen, David's got this all figured out. Yep. He, he's going to use the old turn your headlights off and then turn them back on right as the jeeps go and so that they'll drive into water. Don't you hate it when someone high beams you and it throws you telekinetically <laughs> into a lake? You're on the highway and some guy puts his high beams on and then your car flies off the edge of a <laughs> into a lake. Now, I should point out, it doesn't go off in a of a cliff into an ocean or anything, it drives into very shallow water. It's just like yeah, in a beach. It drives into a lake. drives into the edge of a lake. It, right. So the guys could... They had get... to return that Jeep. <laughs> right. But apparently in this movie's universe, that's enough. They're no longer chasing them, so they're safe. Right. So we can move on to the next scene, which opens with morning birds a-chirping and a bunny a-hopping and them sleeping under the Jeep for some reason. I guess nobody will notice them... And the little under... boy chases a bunny mm-hmm. into the bushes, and I immediately was like, don't do it, little boy. There's a UN soldier pretending to be that bunny. <laughs> the last movie, I, was like, I wanted so badly that bunny to take off the costume and just right. be one of the soldiers. And be like, I told you guys, right? First we tried the kitty thing, <laughs> now worked. we try the bunny costume. This is crushing. <laughs> Cute animals, guys. That's the way to go. So right. little boy follows the bunny, and he wanders into this ominous, creepy barn. Actually, it's just a fucking barn. And because of evil horse from the last movie, I wanted so badly for evil horse to spin around in a chair inside that <laughs> barn and be like, Hello, little Billy. It's me, evil horse. He's dra- He's got a little, little teacup there. Yeah, exactly. If you want to escape, I'm afraid the answer is nay. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> no, that's that's yeah, billionaire Where's money. That's what we're moving? doing. Let's kickstart that. Come Hell, on, guys. Yeah, make but it instead we just get a chicken stable, which isn't a thing. I don't think, which is kind of weird. Daniel Dennett. Yeah, yeah. Locomotive driving Jerry Garcia shows up. Right. Uh, who they, is the preacher from the first movie, second and first movies. Yeah, the bad preacher, Reverend Turner from the first couple of movies, has now gained about 106 pounds, grown a beard, and managed to make himself look even more insane than he just naturally looks. This is Russell S. Doughton, by the way, the producer of this fucking movie. And each we'll call movie, it a movie he has decided yeah. he needs a bigger part. Yeah. This movie, he's, he was like, you know what? There just wasn't enough of me talking in the last movie. <laughs> so. Can we get more of me? Listen, the people have spoken. They want more <laughs> of me talking about crazy bullshit. Apparently they did too. Uh, because this is where my favorite scene begins. So, so, uh, Turner, T Reverend Turner was his name goes and gets them from the Jeep and he brings them in to have breakfast and it starts normal enough. They're just having some breakfast apples like you do. And right. then bearded Wilford Brimley opens up a can of fucking crazy. Cause this is where we get the poster that we've been talking about so long. It, yes. He walks over to the fucking wall and he pulls it down like a, like a projector in school. You know, yeah. it's, it's got it all. It rolled is up. a projection screen sized poster. Bigger than a projection screen though. It's like, it, yeah. it, it, I would say probably whatever, like 15 feet across, 10 feet yeah. high, something like that. It's, and, it's like a, what are the, those things that are just a whole wall painting? Right. A mural. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like a mural sized poster. And it's, Okay, not everybody's going to get this reference, but if you've seen the movie, you will think the first detective that got the case in Dark City. Mm, Just yeah. crazy shit scrawled from one side to the other. This this poster screams insanity in a way that nothing else could. He pulls yeah. this poster down and For he says... For those born after 1980, think a Beautiful Mind... At the end where he's just got all the threads, that's the kind of poster we're looking at. Basically, yes. Yeah. So Dark City came out in like 1998 or something. But okay, at any but rate. We were all two or three. We were all like little kids. <laughs> we weren't allowed to see Dark City because we were 10. I was married we for three years. Dark. Fuck you. <laughs> so at any rate, so what we're looking at here is a giant version of basically the tribulation map that we saw in the first one. And again. The pamphlet. Yeah, it's not a map. It's a fucking timeline. But at any rate, he has got. Every piece of crazy you can imagine on here, and it's all like it's 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 you know a, a little timeline with where, here's where all the trumpets are gonna be, and here's where all of the monsters that are gonna come out of the sea. Right, he's got are little pictures be. of the different monsters around there. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just want to point out he describes he says this will be terrible and awesome, and I just have terrible and awesome like the first time someone puts something in your butt. <laughs> You're just like, no, no, no. Oh, oh yes. Yes, yes. yes. This is a part of my life now. <laughs> well, great. See, I, now this is a whole thing. I got to buy stuff online in a brown unmarked package. See, Thanks. it was, it's terrible when they first put it in, but when they pull it back out, that's the awesome uh, part. So, it, all right. Um, it, <laughs> I also still hope that that kid who's looking up this movie is also listening to this <laughs> podcast. I was just wondering if that was one of those moments where you almost wrote or you almost said, I wrote in my notes. Or if that yeah. was actually what you meant to say. <laughs> no, no. I wrote in my notes. It's like putting something <laughs> in his butt. I can only imagine how personal the things that you're going to yeah, substitute exactly. are going to be. So, so Daniel Dennett looks at I'm the... I'm going to give you all a phone number. If you're ever in New York City, this is who you call. 
He's got the hands of an angel and the face of a sailor. <laughs> so he points to his, his little map and he goes, uh, in the tribulation here, I believe we're about here. And he only points like one seventh of the way along the line. I'm like, God damn it. I don't even yeah, further. How many more movies do we have to watch? I want to watch Kevin. I miss Kirk Cameron. <laughs> and he's going like, he's basically saying everyone's going to suffer, but the Jews are really going to get it. Right. And he can't pronounce Israel. So he keeps saying Israel. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, it's always weird. It's slightly anti-Semitic, but it's also just weirdly like crazy when someone's like Israel. I'm like, you have you not? Is that a word you've only read? Is that what that is? <laughs> you just read that word. Well, and you I'm never sure, heard it. Cause he's the producer. I'm sure there was somebody there going Israel. 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 Every day. And, and he go Israel. Israel, Israel. Close enough, Russ. Shut the gate. <laughs> <laughs> Just go back to your poster, man. Go back to your fucking poster. And this guy, he's saying shit like, well, right now, Satan's up in heaven, and he's holding court. Right. And- holding court. He's suing the saints, basically. <laughs> he's yes. in Satan is in heaven, basically being challenging the sainthood of the saints. But God's like, nuh-uh-uh, sister lady. <laughs> These saints are great saints, and Satan's all pissed off because he's going to lose. So the wrath of man is going to meet the wrath of Satan. It's like a fucking cooking show if the barefoot Contessa went insane. (laughs) And, you know, listening and reading all of this, I started to feel bad because, like, whenever I see street preachers on the street, and I think we all do this, and you hear them spouting crazy shit, you're like, oh, man, that poor crazy guy. And then you read this stuff, and you're like, no, that guy's just quoting a book. (laughs) Right? That's what the this book is, actually fucking I, He's says. not making that up. Scorpions <laughs> with people's faces is in that book. It's and, not a not a thing. And on that poster, we'll get there, though, because we're going to come oh. back to this poster over and over again throughout this movie, maybe 11 times or so. Right. And he lets us know that Brother Christopher's going to get shot, and mm-hmm. then Satan will enter him, giggity goo. Yeah. He'll butt puppet him back to life. Yeah, exactly. exactly. To which David says, well, wait a minute. Doesn't Satan understand prophecy? He can read this book, too. Which that's the question that the guy asks. That's what I love about this fucking movie. This guy basically pulls out this thing and he's like, I've got this new scientific experiment where I'm going to stick this goat in my ass and then I'm (laughs) going to see if I can scream like a man too. And the guy will go, you know, like, well, I don't know, because in Deuteronomy chapter 22, instead of going like, all right, can we help you or sedate you? That's uh, that sounds pretty crazy. Instead, he's just like, "Yeah, I mean, do, should we lube that goat up? Like, how do we help? I want to know how we can help make this goat process smoother for you." Which, by the way, is a valid question. Has Satan read the Bible? Yeah, you'd think he'd have to know he loses in this one, right? Yeah, it's like he's re- and he says something like, "Satan has read it, but uh, he doesn't understand it." Yeah. And so I'm like, is Satan like a poor reader? Is that what he's like in a, he's in a blue reading? He's like, the, b b b fuck it. I'm just going to go butt puppet brother Christopher. <laughs> Feel like I'd do some research on that if I was the devil. Well, there's a whole book that says what happens. Spoilers, guys. <laughs> I don't want to know. Cool. I'll find out when I get to the theater. So now they've decided that they're going to start working on a counterfeit mark, a counterfeit Using version. A- Hand computer. (laughs) Right. Which turns out, turns out to be a calculator. (laughs) And if you're thinking to yourself, hey Eli, is a bunch of this movie someone just playing with a calculator and pretending that a calculator is a computer? Oh, you're fucking damn right it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. 
there will be a huge percentage of this movie with someone being like, two plus two equals four. God, that's, for some reason, this isn't a computer. <laughs> well, right. So, okay, apparently back in the 80s, filmmakers understood computer or uh, calculators in the same way that they understand computers now. So if you've ever seen, like, the hacker in the movie that's, like, like two hackers are working on the same fucking keyboard, they're going right. so fast or whatever, um, it, th- this is the calculator equivalent to yeah, that. Yeah, this is the calculator equivalent of slappity slap slap, I've hacked into the FBI's mainframe. Right, in hands, in hands. (laughs) Yeah, can we get a different photo out of that photo that's from really far away? Oh, yeah, totally. We took a bunch of photos and one of them was closer because we're in a movie. (laughs) Hey, look, I made it say boobs. So so basically he's he wants to – like counterfeit the mark which i i can do with a fucking sharpie but okay but in order to do so he needs to crack the code and for that he's gonna need something high tech like a calculator or an abacus or something but they don't have one because you know calculators are hard to come by calculators are hard to. by the way calculators were not hard to come by even in the 80s no even in the 80s so the idea of this movie is outdated for the time of this movie (laughs) right in the 80s if you were like i want a calculator people would be like yeah go to walmart man i don't know what to tell you well i need to make a counterfeit mark not what that calculator is gonna do (laughs) no it's gonna add multiply and divide my friend (laughs) add multiply and divide so so then they have this very weird conversation where the girl is saying like okay david but if we counterfeit the mark and put isn't that the same as being satanic i mean won't jesus still hate us and he's like no because this one's our mark right but she seems completely unconvinced like okay so like jesus is now just pissy if you draw shit on your forehead Right, yeah, exactly. Jesus is really mad if you put glue on the back of your hand in kindergarten so you look like an old lady and then you peeled it off. He didn't like that either. Yeah, or the little thing with the pin where you put it through just that first layer of skin and yeah. freak out the girl sitting next to you. So yeah. then there's this weird, you know, what's your definition of morality moment. And 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 I love that. And The only reason I bring this up is because in these movies they always have to say, well, God is my definition. So... Killing all the babies and making cancer. That's their right. definition. St. Jude's, that's my definition of morality. <laughs> yeah. Just a whole wing of a hospital full of evidence that God doesn't exist. That's my, that's my morality right there. Just a bunch of sick, sad kids. <laughs> patron saint of lost causes. Just remember that, people. They chose the patron saint of lost causes. Don't say the Catholics don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> Jesus. What are we going to call it, St. Jude's? You're a dick, Jerry. You're a dick. You know that? Too late. Already printed the business cards. You're a dick. There's only going to be like four people who Google that shit, but I want you to know you're a dick. And they will know that, too. Uh, so they're wandering down the street now, and this is the only town left in the fucking universe is Des Moines, Iowa. So – and. Right. Quite coincidentally, they happen to come across the goon that shot Leslie. Remember the goon? Yeah, him. So they run into the Satan church to hide from him, I guess? Right. It's evil church. This is the Unite Church now, the church of the world. Yeah, exactly. The world church. Oh, I said exactly. Somebody uh somebody should whack me. Yeah, indeed. Um Verily, indubitably. <laughs> uh, oh, quite. Oh, quite. Welcome to the Synonym Podcast. <laughs> and when they walk into Evil Church, the guy's standing up there talking about it's. It, he's going like, 
How can the corporations cooperating with church profit from the defeat of Israel? Share investments are up 28%. You know, like that kind of shit. That's what they talk about at evil church, apparently. Right. At evil church, they talk about making money as opposed to normal churches, which ask you for money. (laughs) I didn't like evil church, but I like evil church more than I like normal church. Yeah, ROI is not really a uh, concept they understand in regular church. And of course, so they're sitting down and, and bad goon is stalking up and down the aisles looking for him. And just by complete fucking coincidence, Diane and Jerry from the first couple of movies are right in front of him. Yep. Uh, because we had to shoehorn them back into it. Apparently, they had a four-flick contract. Right. And so he drags them out of the room. They show them the fake marks. And he's like, okay, you guys are good to go. There's no discussion of like, hey, the other night, I chased you. You sprayed me with mud, and I shot your friend. It's just like, <laughs> nope, you got your marks. Oh, well, you must be okay. See ya. I'll see you guys. You, you enjoying the speech today? Oh, yeah, it's great. I think we're going to go with a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA. <laughs> And so now they're they're safe, I guess. They're leaving Evil Church, but Diane recognizes them because apparently she knows Kathy or whatever. And this, all by the way, white people know each other. Check it, your privilege. <laughs> it is decidedly so. Also, I want to point out Jerry has gotten rid of the full face across the face like a fucking graph chart mustache mm-hmm. and has now replaced it for the snidely whiplash <laughs> version of the mustache. It literally curls up at the ends like a fucking carnival barker. I, I, I wrote down at this point, I'm like, is his mustache going to be different in every scene? Because that would be fucking awesome. Amazing. That's what I, I want. Every scene for the last movie, Jerry to have a different mustache, a impossibly different mustache. It's got a Hitler stash and then his whole face is covered in fur and then <laughs> it's got the Fu Manchu. So now they also they ask um you know like hey you know like we should get together or have some dinner or whatever and Kathy says yeah we don't exactly live like normal people to which I wrote the Christianity story yeah, exactly you can't have dinner no because we're Christians we gotta <laughs> we gotta weird it up <laughs> speaking of which it's time to go back to the farm with Hillbilly Turner uh, to talk about the World Church and look at the crazy map some more right. So, and then he goes like, yeah, we were at the World Church, and then he pulls down his crazy map, and he's like, here's your World Church, and he points to a chick riding a red lion, lion. dragon or something. A picture and of like, a red lady riding a red lion. And I'm like, it's the horror of Babylon, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? That's the World Church, and yes, yep. it was. Yeah, he describes it as a giant infected humanist body, to which I wrote the Eli Bosnick story. <laughs> Categorically. Yeah. He, yeah. He, uh, also, he doesn't call her the great whore. He calls her the great prostitute. No, right, right, yeah. And I want to say I met the great prostitute once. She was in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> she was going by Angel at the time. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's in the show notes for the episode. Her as a back page listing. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's cool. <laughs> Tell her Eli sent you. Yeah, exactly. And it also. Actually, probably don't. Don't do that. <laughs> she'll, she'll mace you. She will pepper spray you right away. And don't give her his email. Um, So also David is looking over his crazy map and he's going, is the Antichrist anywhere? And Daniel Dennett goes, uh, yeah, I drew him with my feces over in this corner here. The Antichrist is a different kind of red lion over here. (laughs) And then he explains that the Jews are going to worship false idols. Oh, my God. And there's a lot of of the, and the Jews will realize that they're wrong, but it'll be too late. Mel Gibson thought this movie was too anti-Semitic. 
Yeah, Mel Gibson was put, putting a hammer through the hole of his dick, and he was like, I don't know, guys. I think it's a little too much. Ah! <laughs> I can see the future. <laughs> and then he tells him about the 144,000 teachers that are going to – the 144 – I'm sorry, the 144,000 special teachers. That special are teachers, to, like special ed teachers? Apparently, like, yeah. What? <laughs> And, oh, he goes, finally, man will ask God, man will stop asking God to leave him alone. And I was, I wrote, man has never asked God to leave him alone, ever, in the history of ever. He is constantly asking God for help and, and, and guidance. Always, always. Well, I we mean, have, I don't the know. The last 20 years, the Swedish have been like, yeah, no, God, you can leave us alone. We're going to have health care and <laughs> fuck each other in all sorts of weird ways and then kill ourselves. That's fine. That's the one country. We have one country now. It didn't exist at the time. There's no such thing as Sweden in the 1980s. Fun fact. <laughs> Founded in 1987. A lot of people don't know that. Sweden started in 1987. <laughs> I'm learning all kind of shit today. Yeah. yeah, he's basically given the whole like you know, oh, and then it'll be a say. now. Now, honestly, I'll say if it's his god, yeah, people have asked. I mean, you you've got to imagine that like during the flood and shit like that, people were like, leave us alone, God. We get it, okay? Yeah, Stop I would love. Fucking, I would love it. for his god to leave us alone. That would be awesome. Well, you know, he does. Yeah. So, and then we get a bunch of, and, and basically he's just, he's spelling out all of this shit that's going to happen later, you know, that, that this is going to happen in Israel and then this is going to happen in Russia and blah, 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 blah. And what's amazing is that he, they're setting all of this up so that later on we can hear someone say it on a radio. Right. That's it. We're not going to see any of this happen. It's not going to be integrated into the plot at all. It's just going to be on a radio somewhere. Speaking of which, uh, we're now going to cut to TV sh- uh, footage of missiles and shit and shit hitting the fan while they're hanging right. out with Jerry and Diane. At which point they have they've stopped bothering to even list the countries. So they're just like the South has attacked the North <laughs> and the North is attacking the Northeast. Uh, the up, down, up is attacking down and left is attacking right. Also, I love that they threw in it's because uh, brother Christopher got shot. Oh, right. Yeah. So one of the predictions from before when you're talking about him getting butt puppeted is brother Christopher is going to get shot. Everybody's going to be super bummed, but then he'll come back to life because Satan's going to enter him. Right. Yeah. And the the uh, radio says not since JFK died. And I love this. So as if you listen to this show, if you listen to anything that ever comes out of my face, you know that I love conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite Christian conspiracy theories that not a lot of people remember is that when JFK died, a ton of evangelical Christians thought he was the Antichrist because he was a Catholic. He was the first right, Catholic yeah. president. And when he got shot – they thought that he was going to rise back to life. So I love this little callback to them. Like, these were obviously the same people who were like, you watch, JFK's going to come back to life and everyone's <laughs> going to worship him. So yeah. for those who can spec- collect conspiracy theories like me, I liked this little shout out to the, remember when we thought JFK was the Antichrist, but then he was just a dead guy from Boston? <laughs> and then we moved on to... uh Saddam Hussein, and then they killed him, and he didn't come back to life, and now we're on Obama. Remember, guys? Remember? This is unique. Someone kill him so we can wait for him to come back to life (laughs) real quick. We're probably going to get arrested for you saying that now or something. Yeah, exactly. We just popped up on an NSA checklist somewhere. Um, so, and then, so they're hanging out with Jerry and, and Diane talking about, oh shit, you know, brother Christopher, who is the Antichrist, I guess, got killed. We're all bummed about that. But in this conversation, they also like, kind of like just sneak in the fact that, 
Uh, Jerry goes, oh, did that calculator I loaned you guys work out? Yeah. You know, was it able to add and subtract those numbers that you needed added and subtracted? So. Right. And this is where he says he works for the Believers Underground oh. <laughs> Movement Squad. Yes. The bums. <laughs> yes. The bums. And she even says that she said, and, and they, 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 they don't know I, apparently that they have a joke here or whatever, because then she looks at the card. He says, I work for the Believers Underground Movement Squad. She looks over and she goes, bums. And he says, excuse me? She's like, oh, because that's the letters I always... Right. She goes, I always just do that with every... And I was like, really? You just do that with every company you see? It's like, I work for IBM. Abum. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, sorry. I just do that with every company I see. <laughs> yeah. Ups gave me a package. Oh, look. We got a, t- we got a kibbus from the TV channel. It's kibbus. <laughs> and then we got abs. And then we got Fox. Oh, Fox is a word. Good. Yeah, no, that works. Good. Good. Fox works. <laughs> I love it when they work out like that. So apparently Jerry wants, okay, so Jerry checked this dude's background or whatever, but it's the background of the guy who he killed that he thinks is him or whatever. So the point being that Jerry now wants to hire David or the guy that he thinks David is to, to root out all the Christians. And apparently Jerry has priority over all agencies, as he says. Yes. Uh, to, to, to root out Christians with his bum squad. Yeah. Cause he's the head of the, cause he's in charge of all the bums. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh fuck. Damn it. I said exactly. Wait, where is it? Show enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, <laughs> then we get them, um, trying to. You damn right, motherfucker. <laughs> Faux show. That's the next one I had. So then we get them trying to calculate or whatever, and it's the most ridiculous, you know, comp- just bunch of computer words thrown together here, you know. Yeah, she's just, he's just clearly clicking on the, it's not how calculators work. It's insane. He's just like, damn, I can't get this calculator to be a microchip. I, I don't even fucking know what it's supposed to be. And over the radio on the, at the mall, they announced that Brother Christopher has risen from the dead. Right. And he speaks and he's like, hey, guys, it's me. I'm totally alive. It, totally alive. Not- just like the fucking Heath clip that I played before. It's about <laughs> that convincing. Yeah, I'm totally not sa- Don't take my pulse. Let me leave me alone. <laughs> I am totally alive. Not butt puppeted by Satan. I'm really here. Alive. I don't even know who brought up butt button by Satan. That's good. That's not. <laughs> Was that me? I'm sorry. That just sort of slipped out. Um, but I'm not though. I mean, look at me. If I was alive, could I float slight two or three inches off the ground? Uh-huh. Oh no, that's not something you guys can do. Shit. Fuck. I mean, I just jumped and forgot to land or something. This is not going well. I should read the Bible. Should have read the Bible. <laughs> How does I this know go? how this goes. I also love the uh, the announcer, the the radio announcer. This guy is terrible because he, he's first of all, it's just like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, he came back to life like people do, you know. And then he says he closes off with, "It is a great, great day for the world." Yeah, Jack no Walter Cronkite. No, no, I could just see him <laughs> at the fucking Hindenburg going, "Oh, the b- hydrogen bummer, sadness <laughs> I feel." For them, they are in there. A not great day. A not, not good day. A very not, a double plus ungood day. This Sad. is Jack Mulcahy signing Boo. off. Sad face. <laughs> so then we get the most awkward attempt at seduction since The Graduate. 
Yeah, but uh, a lot less appealing. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, nowhere near as fun to watch. So Kathy is... They're, they're, they've gone back to the barn. They're sitting outside the barn, and Kathy is desperately trying to get a hold of that sausage. And right. he's just not getting it. No, she wants the vitamin. And she's just like, well, you know, we've been together for so long, I was just thinking. And he's, his basic response is, you really need to ask Jesus for the D. <laughs> right, yeah, that's about all he's got. Right. <laughs> he says, well, you know, I know what you, you want a relationship, but what you need is a relationship for Jesus Christ. What are you going to say to God? And I wanted so bad for her to say that no one knows how to dry a vag like David. Right. I wrote, I wrote in my notes because he goes, uh, why should I let you into heaven? When God says, why should I let you into heaven? What are you going to say? I wrote, mm. fuck you, <laughs> you dad murdering, rape watching, terrorist allowing, <laughs> selfish, evil, monstrous pile of shit. Why? What are you going to say, David? <laughs> I'm wondering what you're going to say. It's fun. Your turn. I, I, and then I love, the, so we get this long speech about how bad it is to think. Essentially, right. because David's going like, the problem is that we tried to rationalize God with our finite minds. Yep, right. That's the problem. The problem the is problem. that you guys were thinking too much. Problem that's is too much the thinking. problem with Christians is that they're always thinking. Problem, you're trying to rationalize unicorns with your mind. <laughs> Instead as of opposed just with your them. pretend box, which is right in the center of your tum-tum. <laughs> She even says, what's wrong with trying to understand? And he basically responds with, oh, because none of this shit holds up when you try to understand it. That's why you can't try to understand nonsense. Here, look. Goopity goop. Wibbity wibbity wibbity. What number did I just say? We didn't say anything, right? That's why you can't try to understand it because it doesn't make any fucking sense. At this point, with through, through this whole conversation, I'm basically writing down every line either of them says. Oh, that was pretty fucking stupid. I have to say something. Oh, that was really fucking stupid there. I said our notes should just be this film script. We just go line by line through this film script. <laughs> and then point. David says, yeah, I can believe this shit. Just do a dramatic reading with us afterwards going, what the fuck does that mean? But you know what, though? The script for this movie is probably just Russ S. Doughton's handprints, you know, in feces. <laughs> right. That's probably the whole fucking thing. Just a, a bunch of pictures of that red lady riding a red line <laughs> right. over yeah. and over The whole again. thing is uh, is written in the style of his poster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the script was the po- was the back of the poster. <laughs> he would turn it around every morning and be like, "I think we're here in the movie, and this red lady riding a lion—that's me. I'm super strong. I'm I'm playing space ball. I'm shooting a home run." <laughs> okay, Russ, are we actually shooting that? No, but I want another Russ, helicopter. <laughs> I got money, damn it! I need a helicopter. So, and and again. This is just another example of the bad person or the wrong person in the movie making all of the intelligent points while the good person in the movie yells Jesus ever louder. Because she says, like, you know, here I am talking about facts, and you're talking about a 2,000-year-old book. And he says, oh, do you want to talk about reality? Well, let's talk about shit that only ever happened in this fucking movie. Right. You want to talk about reality? Let's talk about this made-up universe that we live in to prove that the thing that I think is true in the real world is real. Right, which, by the way, is once again his reaction to her saying, "Hey, you want to fuck?" Right, yeah. <laughs> you want to you want to toss me the D? What about the dragons? All right. <laughs> so, and then they, of course they march back into the barn mid vag talcuming Bible study, and he's going and he he says to uh, 
Russ thought in the Daniel Dennett. He says, uh, oh, we're having a little Bible study. Where's that Bible at? Uh, and she's, she's going like, well, I was just trying to fill a fucking hole with this dumbass is having Bible study. And then he, he finds the Bible passage that he's looking for, whatever, sticks the fucking Bible in her face and points to it and says, see, that's reality. I'm like, no, that's, that's a fable. That's the exact yeah. opposite of, re- that's just the thing that's, that they wrote in the book. That's, that that's why not- we have the word reality is so that we can distinguish like thing in a book versus thing that really happened right yeah exactly also i wanted her to just be like hey do you mind curling that bible up into a rod so i can fuck myself with it (laughs) (laughs) and then he he moves on to say that there are over 300 prophecies in the bible Uh that came true yes and all of the prophecies so i googled that i was like wow that doesn't make i'm interested in that all of the prophecies happened in the bible Right, yes. I can make a prophecy about what will happen by the end of this recording. It doesn't make me prophetic. (laughs) I wrote, I am in the recording. By the end of the show, I will make a pussy joke. Doesn't mean that the, (laughs) I, cause I'm gonna make it. It's me. I need to I wrote it down and I'm gonna say it. It's in my notes. I get to do it later. Right. That, and, and again, and that's something that you hear from evangelical Christians, especially constantly, is about how all of the prophecies in the Old Testament are fulfilled in the New Testament. Like right. all of the shit that was supposed to happen in chapter two happened in chapter two. How do you explain that? And by the way, even that, even to get there, they have to go out of their goddamn fucking minds and have right. it doesn't Jesus happen riding well. a donkey and walking. No, yeah, right, right. They didn't even do it very well. Yeah. It's a bad magic trick. If someone showed it to me as a magic trick, if they were like, all right, I'm going to write down a prediction about what word I am going to write down, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, no, that's not a that's not a magic trick. That's just but you writing like down a series of things. But it's like that and him fucking it up. It's like he wrote down there, but he got the wrong form right, or yeah. something. Well, yeah. you notice that I wrote down, I will mention a war, and then I wrote down wardrobe. <laughs> so uh, pretty stone cold. <laughs> Don't get an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> or let anyone else do it. So, and then over the uh, radio, we hear that two men were slain in Israel. Brother Christopher apparently killed the fire-breathing Jews, y'all. Yes, and he leaves them out like Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> Brother Christopher is just like, I'm going to leave them in the street. <laughs> and they announced that on the radio. Yeah, and everyone's okay. just like, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Guess oh, you're and also he's taken over all the energy companies now. That's Right, he's, he runs all of the energy. And uh Russ, who is crazy preacher, goes, like Moses and Elijah they were. <laughs> yeah. like, he's like talking backwards like Yoda now, for fuck's right, sake. Right, yeah, exactly. He also says, God's wrath will pour out on the earth. And I'm just picturing like a bukkake thing with yeah. all the gods in a circle around earth. Yeah. I, I very often picture that. So then they go, we cut to the mall where they're going to fucking Ocean's Eleven some batteries. Yeah, no, I wrote this down as the Ocean's Eleven items are less seen. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was really, okay, this actually, I fucking love this scene. So I guess the mark is supposed to be like a UPC code and everybody has their own mark or whatever, but right. they both have the same mark and the computer, if they're both going through the line at the same time, the computer will figure it out. Right. And they they sell this to you, explain this to you in great detail. Now, what they don't explain is why it is that both they of them both can't... have to go through the line, right? They don't explain that, and they also don't explain why one of them can't just go through, and then they wait until that person's through 
and then get in line. For some reason, they both have to be in line at the same time, but slightly off kilter, and she needs to be done before him. Right. And I have to admit, it was actually extraordinarily suspenseful. Even as dumb and contrived as it was, I was like going through this whole scene going, come on, hurry up, give him the fucking receipt. (laughs) God damn it, woman, God damn it. I was ashamed of myself. I'm like, God damn it, I like Chinatown and Maltese Falcon and shit. I like good (laughs) movies, and here I am on the edge of my seat over this stupid fucking shit. I was just watching Heat. What happened (laughs) to me? Also, I love there's giant signs that in in this grocery store that are basically like no frontsies backsies the government. <laughs> like you're not allowed to step out of line. There was a lady in front of him in line who stole some shit, but then the soldier turns around and is like, "Hey, don't hold up the line." It's like, "What if you want some cigarettes?" Like it's not Why is Fuck that a off. thing? Also, she walks away from the cashier by going, ah, oh, I left my baby in the car. <laughs> and I was like, ah, the 70s. Remember when you yes. could just leave your baby in the car? <laughs> uh, Dude, when I was times. a kid, when we were driving around, uh, I would sleep in the back window of the car. That's oh, a yeah. thing. We were Me allowed too. to do that back I would, then. My mom would run in, grab groceries, and I would sit in the car. Yeah. It was fine. So, yeah. And, and very, very rarely did I get raped by passing strangers. Yeah. I did, you know, sometimes, but that's yeah, free exactly. range But, you know, you know shouldn't have parked next to a church. That's on That's on. <laughs> <laughs> that which does not kill. Just, I also want to mention the soundtrack for this scene, by the way. If this soundtrack had lyrics, three of the words would be shut, yo, and mouth. Yes. There is no fucking... Like, Shaft was about to break yeah. through this fucking... <laughs> that was it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. If there were any black people in this movie, this is where they would have been. But there aren't. So basically, it doesn't work. The alarm goes off. The alarm sounds like a TIE fighter. Yeah. Like, pew, 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 pew. It's the weirdest <laughs> alarm in the world. And he bumps into this soldier who falls down. Again, every bad guy who falls down in this movie immediately, like, rolls around on the ground like <laughs> has a fucking grand mal seizure. <laughs> yes. And apparently he ran into a guy that was carrying a large bucket of shit or something. Right. Because he's S- now covered. sausages. Is, oh, oh, is that it? Okay. So now we get the chase scene that Russell S. Doughton wanted in the other three, damn it. This was a great fucking chase scene. Yeah, the cars go more than 20 miles an hour. They, they run he into stuff the car through a house. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. No, that was the money shot right credit there. Credit where credit is due. At the end of the fucking thing, he drives the fucking car all the way through a house from front to back. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, that's, uh, for, for what I, my expectations were going into this fucking movie, when we saw chase scenes earlier where everybody's signaling their turns and going 15 miles an hour. Yeah, that was pretty fucking awesome. Also, yeah. I love the fucking music, but they end up ca- uh, capturing Christian Paul Rudd at the end of it. Somehow they right. don't get Kathy because she. Kathy kitty prided into the trunk. She like phased through the back seat of the car. <laughs> And is now in the trunk of the car, which they did not check. Yeah. Yeah. No, they didn't. uh, They weren't too worried about that. But now they've got him and they don't have her, which is apparently a problem because they need her, too. So we cut to Jerry's office. Right. And Jerry wants to kill David, which is Conan Mm O'Brien, super duper bad. He really wants to. He's like he was like that man sat at my table and used my calculator. (laughs) (laughs) At one point he goes. I'm the laughing stock, and I wanted the other character to just be like, no, dude, that's because of your mustache. Yeah, right. It's because you look like a 1920s 
<laughs> bad guy. It's not because you let someone go. Yeah, no, we're we're going to be making fun of you even if even if you cut that guy's head off. Yeah. But we can't worry about that kind of shit because we have to go back to Crazy Map for more. And this is the craziest part of the map that happens in the entire film. This is the craziest thing that ever happened in life. Yeah, ever in anyone's life ever. There's no nothing has happened crazier than this scene of this movie. It's the peak of crazy. Oh my God, this was fucking hilarious. So a couple of things I want to point out on this. So he's giving his history slash future lesson about the apocalypse. At one point he says, um, he's talking about the plagues of Egypt, and he says the plagues, which were verified by secular history. Right. Nope. Does does he really think that that's true, though? Does he really think... That the fucking plagues were verified by history? Not even a little. Not that, not only were the plagues not verified, that whole thing's made up. That's every my fun bit of party it. trick to do to other Jews. When I see them, I'm like, hey, remember that whole thing in Egypt? And they're like, yeah, that's a great example. We were slaves. And I'm like, never happened. No. Didn't happen at all. No not reason even a little. whatsoever to believe that Jews were ever slaves in fucking Egypt. There might have been a little bit of trading going on back right. then. That's and it. You know how Jews exaggerate, right? Someone, someone got cheated on some sheep and they were like, it was like I was a slave there. <laughs> it was, I was a slave. That's it. I was a slave for 500 years. I had to build their, I basically single-handedly built their pyramids for them. That's what I'm telling you. How bad he bought these carpets from me. It was slavery. And then I said to them, you let me go. And they, they didn't let me go because I had to buy some extra spices as well. So I threw, I turned the water into blood. This is like you getting drunk. You get home drunk and your wife is like, come on, where were you? And you're like, well, I'll tell you where I was. I had to turn the water into blood and then I had to kill all the firstborn children. And she's like, really? Yeah, really. Now I'm going to go right throw up because I have the flu. <laughs> and then he gives us like one by one, we get all the trumpets and what they mean and all the horses and what they mean. Um, and then, oh, and I love this too. Cause like at one point she's getting on to him for, she's like, well, isn't that a, a literal interpretation? He's like, well, it's literally true. That's when he says, oh, it's been verified by secular history. Right. And then he says, um, and then it says a meteor will fall from the sky. And I'm like, no, motherfucker, you're being literal before. You got to be literal now. It says a star, will, star the, will fall from the, the sky. Stars, all the stars will fall from the sky is what the fucking book says. All the giant, massive goddamn stars will fall onto Earth. Now, if you're going to be literal at the beginning, you got to be literal at the end. Well, so. well, no, because that. Because now we know what stars are, so that <laughs> right. that's nonsense. All of a sudden, literal is out the fucking window, right. and then we get the locusts. Right. Okay. <laughs> do you have a clip of this? Yeah, I do, because there's no way we can possibly do this justice. You'll think we're making this They're up. just going to think, well, yeah, that's the thing. People will just think we're making it up. Yeah, no, this is all this is all verified by secular biology, by the yeah. way. Here's... Here's his description. This is Crazy Daniel Dennis' description of the locusts that will plague us in the future. What a frightful creature this locust will be. A body of a horse, human face, crown on the head, long hair, and lion's teeth, and wings that sound like thundering horses rushing into battle. And worse, they have long tails and stings like scorpions. The sting is terrible. It doesn't kill you, it just leaves you in a state of torment for five months. Only those sealed by God will be exempt. It's an intense, 
horrible torment. Death will be preferable, but not possible. Trumpet number six consists of 200 million. So that that is the craziest thing about this movie. <laughs> Scorpion locusts that he have human a- heads wearing crowns, lion's teeth, <laughs> and when they sting you, you're in agony for five months. But you can't die. You're immortal for those But you're months. immortal. And by the way, I should point out, he has a picture, y'all. While he's describing that, he's pointing to a picture of this exact thing that he's describing on his crazy map. And by the way, if you're thinking to yourself, hey, are we going to get to see those scorpion locusts? You're <laughs> damn right we're going to get to see those fucking <laughs> scorpion locusts. You're damn right we're going to see them. Well, sort of. And it, he also says 200 million horses. The Bible sounds like a disturbed toddler. Right. Like you're like, hey, Jimmy, what you drawing? 200 million horses are going to ride across the sea and and fight us. It's like, oh, yeah, 200 million horses. Are any of them going to have cars? Because I'm not worried if they're just 200 million horses. We can probably take them out with about five machine gunners. Yeah, exactly. Oh, really? I have a minigun. Now you have zero horses. <laughs> And a big old field of meat. <laughs> that, that was like the, you know, he just explained the locust thing. Kathy sits there and says, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, helmeted locust with, with lion teeth. I get it. And then when he says 200 million, million horses, she says, oh, come on, 200 million 200 horses. million horses? Come That's on, a- I don't believe that. So tell me more about the lion teeth scorpions that <laughs> sting you and you stay alive forever. Well, I love that. And he comes back and he goes like, well, Kathy, that's how many horses there were in China in the 70s. I'm like, oh, well, now you've cleared up all of the stuff that didn't make sense. Right. I appreciate Now that that. I know that the Chinese are going to abandon modern technology for their invasion. (laughs) You guys, we're going to use horses for this one. Yeah. We're not sure why, but it says so in this book. And he also says, and I quote, this is not God's temper tantrum. Which is exactly what it is. Yes! It's exactly God's temper tantrum. (laughs) Well, I mean, you could upgrade it and say it's God's, like, terrorist tantrum or something like that. But yes, how can it not be? Right. You don't love me enough, so I'm going to rain fire and brimstone and and scorpions with people's faces on you is the (laughs) definition of a a temper tantrum. If you cut me off in traffic, that's what I yell at you. Oh, really? Okay, great. You're going to just come, move right into my lane. I'm going to put all sorts of scorpions down on your planet. They're fucking, you're going to sting you, but you're going to wish you could die, but you won't be able to. Fucking. I'm going to go uh. all biblical with my insults from now on. <laughs> so with that promise, a helmeted scorpion horse locusts, we'll give ourselves a quick break, but not before I give Act 3 the hard sell. Will Kathy be attacked by helmeted scorpion horse locusts? Why the fuck would they be wearing helmets? How the fuck does anyone take this book seriously? Find out the answers to one of these questions or fewer when we return for the psychologically scarring conclusion of Image of the Beast. This Sunday, 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 the wrath of God and the wrath of devil meet the wrath of man in this one-time-only event. In a cage match for the ages at the Staples Center in Bayonne, New Jersey, watch the Alpha and Omega, his favorite creation and his fallen favorite angel, go toe-to-toe-to-toe in the universal biggest show. Call your cable company to make sure you don't miss a minute of the action. It's the tribulation pulling into the station this Sunday, 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 only on uh hey jerry come in here for a second man 
Uh, hey, hey guys, what's going on? Um, so, <laughs> well, you've been doing so good hunting down the Christians that we decided to give you your own unit. Oh, really? That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. It's, you're going to be the, the Believers Underground Movement Squad. Wow. That, that's great. Thank you, sir. I mean, well, that's, it's really. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're going to need to shorten that for, you know, code names and stuff. We're, so we're just going to call you guys bums because that's the acronym yeah that's yeah i mean maybe we can like change a word or there in something or like no 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 we can't uh can't change it can't worry no, but don't, no, don't worry no, it's, actually it's, uh the... you're going to be the uh the um facilitating administrator of genocide so <laughs> yes you are it's a, mm-hmm. it's a it's a big promotion mm-hmm. oh yeah. well uh th- thank you so if if you'll just uh if you'll just announce your new office and title we can we can move on. Uh maybe maybe we just like have me say the whole thing. No, 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 you you have to you have to say it out loud or it doesn't or it doesn't count. Is the I'm sorry. What? I couldn't couldn't I, I, couldn't hear you. I couldn't, couldn't quite make that out. I'm a fag in charge of bums. <laughs> told you he'd say it. I told you he'd say it. You owe me to I can't, pay I just, up. I didn't think for a fucking second. No, here you go. Here you go. There, there is no bums unit, is there? No, porn stash. Now get back to work before we make you the head of dedicated over and under covert housing escape border advisement government. Douchebag. <laughs> and we're back for more of the masterpiece here, and we're going to be returning to the action with Kathy puzzling over that high-tech counting stick, but damn it, she just can't math enough and figure out the code, I reckon. Right, exactly. She's she's basically having a trying to math, but I can't because this is just a calculator. That's not how science or computers work montage. Right, right, pretty much. Yeah. And then we cut to David in prison. Uh, right. And again, like, you know, Jerry def- desperately wants to kill him, but they have to find Kathy. And now they've come up with this great idea of releasing him, but putting a tracker in his boots or whatever so that right. he will lead them to her i guess right and there's a great moment where he goes you know you killed that guy and david's like i never killed anyone and he's like you threw a pipe at him and murdered him and he's like i didn't do it (laughs) he was gonna shoot me so i killed him yeah well and it's like self-defense is still very much killing definitely well but but then he has this whole thing where he's going like well i threw a pipe at him but the pipe c- killed him when he fell down, so I had nothing to do with it. I he hit have... his head when he fell. Yeah, it's not my fault. And it's like, yeah, man, that's very much your fault. If you throw someone down and they die when you throw them down, you killed them. That's, that's, that's how, how cause goes. and effect works. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. It's a different kind of killing, but it's still definitely killing. It's not It's not, not killing Un- anymore. Ambiguously. See, right. that wasn't exactly. It was unambiguously. Right. So they release him, and, they, and he's been being followed... By nine guys with a loudly beeping tracking device. <laughs> right. Like he wouldn't have noticed nine guys just being like, boop, boop, uh, don't mind us, we're just, uh, we're looking for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a metal detector, we're looking for bottle caps or something. But he tricks them by removing his bugged boots. That clever bastard, how did he know? And then he runs off, and yes, we get the Monty Python theme once again bum, from bum, the last movie. Bum, 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 bum. 
I'd been waiting for it the whole fucking time. So yep. now the soldiers are all chasing him, and we get uh, another chase scene, and damn it if there's not going to be another helicopter in this one. Yep, exactly. And- also, he they, they all say, no quarter, no quarter, which mm-hmm. means shoot him with right. your guns. That's what no quarter means. It means you just shoot someone. But then they all surround him with their guns and do not shoot him. They just wave them menacingly. Yeah, exactly. And then the helicopter flies over to him. And he grabs it, (laughs) and it seems like the helicopter's best plan at that point would be to just fly really high and wait. Right, his escape plan is to leap onto the runner of the fucking helicopter and hold on, which, by the way, that was a legitimate stunt, I will admit, for this movie, that was pretty good. And then the helicopter pilots are going like, don't shoot him or we'll tip over. Yeah. (laughs) What? Oh okay. my god, now the basis of, of how we fly is based on someone holding on to us. <laughs> oh, damn it, that's now in the calculations. So their plan now is to carry him far away from where all the guns are so that nobody will shoot him and they won't tip over, I guess. And I... gently lower him to the ground, <laughs> which yes. he does and then runs away. Yeah, and then he gets away with the old, with, uh, with the old um, if I stand here kind of behind this tree, they'll stop looking for me pretty soon defense. Yep, and which it everyone, works. again, because all of these guys went to the Metal Gear Solid school of soldiering, they were like, well... <laughs> Nobody there, and there hasn't been for two seconds. <laughs> so let's go. I'm gonna go to work our... for the people who you fight in Assassin's Creed. Bye bye. <laughs> and this is when we get to computers are evil. This is the computers are evil monologue. Yeah, in the movie. And he, first of all, the guy Russ Dalton, who's who's explaining why computers are evil, apparently doesn't know what computers are. Because oh, he's all. going like, they pay your bills. They, they cook, cook your our meals. meals. Cook your meals? They do not. They don't do that today. No. They do not cook your meals. <laughs> no. Does he mean Grubhub? You can you can order <laughs> meals that someone else cook, but they don't cook them. I think he was talking about microwave ovens. Oh, I honestly that's think a... that's – because it, it's like that's a computer, <laughs> just like all of these other high-tech things Microwaves that I don't know are computers because you push on. the buttons. Right. Well, yeah, pretty much things with buttons. That's That's what this movie is against is anything that has a goddamn button. Computers are evil. That's a very clear message of this movie. And just in case you didn't get it, we now cut to the cyborg Antichrist. Right. And he's got little palm trees on either side of his golden throne, which means there was a meeting where he was like, guys, I don't think the golden throne is enough. Can we just get like, I want something a little festive, a little Florida. (laughs) We throw a little Florida in here. It's cold. I want to feel warm. Right, and then they introduce him as his satanic majesty, which I thought it was supposed to be a secret that he was being butt-puppeted by Satan. (laughs) That's a pretty strong giveaway. I wanted someone to be like, wait, sorry, can you go back? And, but, (laughs) yeah, right, right, I'm sorry, did you say Satan? Anyway, so, but now, again, like in every one of these fucking movies, I am so on the devil's side, because the, 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 the speech that the Antichrist is giving is basically, where was God during our recent perils? Yeah, his yeah. message is, fuck you, God. <laughs> and I agree. Yeah. In this movie? Oh, absolutely. Now, right. again, we, we haven't really filled in the blanks here. The last we saw of Kathy, she was at the high priest thing. But now, yes, apparently she's at cage church while some guy in a dress yammers on while the peyote wears off. Yeah, exactly. And we're getting, like, cuts between this and forest fires, and, and it's just, like... 
at a frenetic, psychotic pace. At which point I wrote, only Jesus can prevent forest fires. <laughs> just Smokey the Bear standing next to Jesus. I'm disappointed in you. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> fuck you. And then David shows up. Um, we, we have not explained at all where he's been, how long he's been gone, how he knew she was at Cave Church He grew or a beard, though. Yeah, he's been gone for a while. He's got a full beard going now. And right. they have a nice little hug. Right. They have a, a nice platonic hug. Um, and the world right. caught on fire while they were in Cave Church because they wander out later and it's just a burnt down hellscape. To which Kathy says, will anything ever grow again? Right. Well, and yes, because will. we immediately cut to a lush green field. Yes. Well, and, and I love Daniel Dennett goes like, uh, well, some grass will grow for sure. But I'm like, really? You think that's how forest fires work? They make it less likely for things yeah, to Yeah, forest then? fires, once it, once there's fire, it's, they never grow again. That's right, why which is why all of Earth is a... Is a barren wasteland. And, and so then they cut to this green field, and because they have to then explain sort of the dichotomy between the fact that just in the very last scene she was saying, there will never be growth or greenery anywhere else in the world, and then we're in growth and greenery, she has to say, it's really hard to believe that 15 miles from here it looks like the moon. <laughs> to which I wrote, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. that's very hard to believe. That's, that is impossible to believe. There's no smoke on the horizon or anything. Yeah. So uh, apparently Billy found him a great hideout, too, in this new place where they are or whatever. Right. And they go, uh, oh, well, I guess there is a mistake in the Bible because the Bible does say there will be no place to hide. Yeah, you get it? Yeah. And I wanted him so badly to be like, I guess there is a flaw in the Bible because Jesus said mustard is the smallest seed. <laughs> we also defined pi as 3.14. And also that thing where we said stars would fall out of the sky, that doesn't make any, now that we know this, they're not, they can't fall out of the sky. The also, sky it turns is not out a thing that, that, um, that bats aren't birds and, uh, rabbits don't chew their cud and, uh, locusts it's only just have 44 more minutes of right. listing flaws in the Bible. <laughs> And also, hey, are we going to go somewhere? No, I'm just finishing up on the flaws of the Bible. Also, let's just talk about the things that are physically impossible that happened. Okay, so there's Some a talking donkey. There's a guy who lives in a fish. There's a people who walk on water. There's unaided flight. Jesus, this book is nonsense. Nonsense. Oh, what a great turn. And then, uh, okay, so and then the river starts menstruating because, you know, that's supposed the, to happen. The river's now a woman. Yeah. Also, very unrealistic that the river just turns to blood like that. Because maybe if we had seen a scene where the river like picked a fight over what we were going to have for dinner two days beforehand, I'd believe it. But <laughs> it can't just turn into blood with no. What's going on, like river? That. Nothing. I don't know. I'm just like super stressed out this week. Okay. <laughs> two days later, the river turns to blood. You see? No, that doesn't make my my river emotions valid. <laughs> So David goes off to meet somebody about something, and then we get another one of them high-tech calculator scenes again where she's just trying to figure it out and just can't. Just calculating as hard as I can, but that's <laughs> not how math works, so it's not going to work. Oh, actually, though, this time it does. Now, Well, no, because her calculating doesn't no, work. No, <laughs> no. The answer was the UP, the giant newspaper-sized UPC code on the back of her book. Yes, so it turns out the key to this all was the UPC. Now, I want to spend just a second on this because the UPC code is the devil. That is to me as jet fuel doesn't burn that hot is to Eli. 
I yeah. got when I was in high school. There's these kids that were giving out these little like chick track things about how UPC codes were the devil because the two thin lines mean six, and there's two thin lines at the beginning and two thin lines in the middle and two thin. This has been my go-to, your fucking insane example for decades. Oh, I love that, and it, I love it. I collect, I collect conspiracy theories, and I'm going to use that now. Oh, it's 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 oh. pretty awesome because most of them do have the two line, two line, two line thing in the beginning, middle. Oh, line. that's awesome! You can Stephen freak the King fuck killed out the guy that Christians. hit him with a car. By the way, <laughs> just so everyone knows, you can look it up. It's really great. <laughs> so yeah, so we get the quintessential insane thing. It turns out the UPC codes is where the devil was hiding the whole time, yeah. and then we cut to David who is meeting. Leslie, the chick that uh, that that got shot Finally, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. They run into each other again, and they immediately fall in love. Yeah, He's like I've been thinking about you, and I'm like, oh really? Can't math lady who's been living with you for twenty years <laughs> for the life of her young child can't catch the D, but wheelchair Mick gets shot in the chest. All of a sudden, just automatically the love of your life? Fuck you, David. Well, Fuck you. It's the least likable thing that character does, and he tells people to go to Jesus. <laughs> and so then they go off. I guess Leslie has heard about somebody that can help him too, so they go off to meet her in a barn or something, but it turns out that it's the evil girl that sold him out from the last movie. Right, which now makes eight years no older. sense. No, because we nobody even heard of this character before. We have no idea why this character is here. No, and 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 as far as we know, like there's not even a connection between these people. They don't even know each other. But at any rate, exactly. General Goon is there as well. Yeah, General Goon shows up to capture. Uh, uh, which they call him. Which is again why in earlier <laughs> on I was like, guys, is this character's name actually Goon? <laughs> right. But it's not. He's just, like, calling him a name. Yeah, that, and that's the best they can do. So General Goon gets David and Leslie, and then Jerry and Diane show up to capture Kathy and Billy. And they're, apparently, they've turned into, like, machine gun-toting Antichrist minions in the in the interim. Right. They were they were handing out free food bars and working for the government, but now they're going to kill this woman and her son. Right, and and they're a, so they're a husband and wife antichrist assassination toddler murdering team, um, and they 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 show up like the the um the Kathy the mom says Billy go to your hideout so Billy runs away. Jerry chases him, and then something happens, and I don't fucking know what it is. So oh, I know what it is. Well, okay, they, they imply it, because then there's, like, this weird sound, and everybody starts looking to the sky, and I'm like, oh, it's a trumpet or something. And I'm just, I'm oh. sitting there, I'm like, got my fingers crossed, and I'm like, please be the locusts, please be the locusts, please and be the locusts. it's the motherfucking locusts! Well, I mean, maybe, it's like... Oh, it's, no, because the shadow on the wall of the cave is very clearly a scorpion tail. They didn't have the budget to make no. people-faced lion teeth... Crown-wearing scorpion locust, but there's very clearly a scorpion tail that stings Diane, and she screams, and she dies. <laughs> She's kind of off-screen, like a a '50s sci-fi thing. Yeah, and 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 we're not going back to this, by the way. So, like, yes, okay. So apparently, Diane got stung by a five-month lion mouth, human-headed locust, or something. And, locust and. <laughs> Diane and Billy are just gone from the. And then there's a mushroom cloud. Yeah, well, right. Yes, exactly, exactly. Oh, fuck, not not exactly. Yes, yes. No ifs ands or buts about it. Um, and then precisely. Yeah, well, I already used precisely. So, God damn it! Uh, it's like, positively, dude. Batman, Robin. 
<laughs> so then we get a, a mushroom cloud and evil horse dreams. And I think the Quaker Oats guy got killed at some point now. Yep. Daniel Dennett died. I, I, I guess. And, then and now we, they're in jail. Yeah. So David is in his pillowcase of beheading now, like they were in the, in the first movie. That's what they put you in before they kill you. And then they bring the kid in to talk to him, and the kid has a balloon, which was nice. Right. They gave him if a you, balloon. <laughs> if you have to keep a kid in a prison, might give as well a give him a balloon. Yeah. Right. And they told that the guards tell David, we're going to chop this kid's head off if you don't tell us where Kathy is. And at the, the whole time, there's like haunted house screams in the background. Oh, yeah. It's a very clearly like, woo! <laughs> Put your hands rattling. into this bowl of grapes. I mean, eyeballs. Fuck, I missed it. <laughs> it could not be less convincing. Well, it, but it sounds, con- or it seems convincing in comparison to the next moment, which is David fake crying. Well, wait, they say, hey, tell us where Kathy is or we'll kill the kid. Mm-hmm. And he does not do it. No. No. The protagonist of this movie's like, I guess that kid needs to die then. <laughs> Just a reminder, this is now the second two out of three movies have involved someone being like, guess this baby slash child has to die. Yep. Yep. And that th- those are the good guys. I mean, like, yeah. These that, are the that, protagonists. Sometimes that happens in movies with bad guys, but very rarely with the very good guys. Very rarely. You have to have a really, really bad guy for them to kill a kid. But you have to have a really, really good guy for them to kill a kid in these movies. Apparently. So now we cut over to the, um, well, first we cut to the balloon in, in prison. And I wrote, now we get to hear the balloon side of the story because it was just like a shot of the balloon. I wanted the balloon to be like, you're probably wondering what a balloon is doing in prison. <laughs> well, me and this hellbound kangaroo got together. Yeah. Yeah. So he's doing prison crafts with Leslie. Billy asks her if she's going to die. Mm-hmm. She drags herself across the floor. Uh, so Like all uh, the way across the cell. She's at one end of the cell and she's in a wheelchair. So she has to drag herself across the floor. Right. They didn't and give her a wheelchair. she goes all so. the way across the cell and goes, yes. Yes, I am going <laughs> to die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she asks Billy if he's heard of Jesus. And I wrote in my notes, yeah, Billy has heard of Jesus. Billy hasn't heard anything except Jesus. <laughs> right. You should ask Billy if he's heard about where germs come from. <laughs> okay. So apparently, too, this is – oh, God, this is so bizarre. She's made him a little book. Yeah. She says, I made you a heaven storybook. There's no words and pictures in it. And I'm like, oh, a blank book about heaven. That sounds right. Well, it's got different color pages. Yes. Uh, and if you've been around enough evangelical Christians, you already know what colors the pages are and what each color means. I only know this because I got somebody gave me uh, jelly beans that had little prayers on them. So, oh, dude, I would have eaten the shit out of those. Oh, yeah. No, though, they're gone. See, they're fat gone. little Eli would have been a cure for that right away. <laughs> they would have been like, you see, Eli, and okay, honey, you want to slow it? Oh, wow. You just, You're well, the gold now. ones okay. were for, wow, <laughs> I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. I would have been like, yeah, I'm Jewish. Do you got any Hindu beans too? I'll learn about whatever the fuck God you want. Hit me with them. Let's do it. So the, um, so she's going through each color. She's like, Oh, this is a gold page. This is for the streets of gold in, in. Also, heaven. the streets of heaven are made of gold. Is that a thing? According to the Bible, it is, which is, first of all, like, just ridiculous, unnecessary bling. But secondly, 
Wouldn't that be hard to get around? I mean, they'd sink in. Yeah, who cares? Like, I wouldn't care if the streets were made of gold. I don't want gold. If someone was like, Eli, gold streets right now, I'd be like, that I can dig up and spend on hookers? I mean, like, that's not, I don't want a street. That's that's just a shiny street. Well, if you take a a bag of it, you can buy a uh, a A loaf loaf of bread. bread. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, yeah, damn straight. But, um, so then she, she goes on and she's, She's telling in detail to this like four year old kid all about Jesus getting murdered. Just right. in in disturbing fucking detail. The black page is sin and the red page is the blood of Christ. The, the moment you got to the blood, I would have been like, Oh right, not for kids, probably. <laughs> right. Probably not great for kids. Oh, and by the way, uh the the white page, that means cleanness. Whiteness is next to cleanness. And then she asks this four-year-old if he has ever sinned. Oh, fuck these people. Yeah. (laughs) She's, he's, and he's like, you mean have I ever been naughty? He's like, yeah, I guess so. And she's like, well, then you're going to hell, Billy. (laughs) You're bad, Billy. Bad. And I just, it's cause it's so clear that child, that child actor and that child character thinks that heaven is a place. Mm-hmm. Like he actually thinks like, oh, I'm just going to get zooped away to heaven. And that's, that is who this movie needs to represent. Yeah. This movie can't have an adult cause you can't tell that to an adult. An adult, you can't be like, are you going to hell, Billy? Cause an adult will be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Why didn't you write this down? Why do you have a multicolored story? <laughs> I dragged myself all the way over here. Yeah, you should drag yourself back. Could have just stayed (laughs) over there and showed it to him, but yeah. And then we go back to David's cell where we see the balloon rising outside the window, which David takes to me and they chop the kid's head off. And I'm thinking to myself at this moment, they chopped the fucking kid's head off. Oh my fucking God. God. In this movie, they killed the kid, but they didn't. They didn't kill the kid. That's too crazy. They would never kill a kid. Right. Just too fucking crazy. So they bring the kid in, and it turns out that that wasn't the kid who was holding the balloon and got his head chopped off. That was Leslie. She gave, he gave, the kid gave the balloon to Leslie. He traded his balloon for Jesus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm sorry, unmitigatedly. But basically, they're giving him one last chance, the guards are, to tell him where Kathy is, or they're going to kill the baby. Right. So he gets down on his knees and he tells the baby to go get his head chopped off like a good little Christian. Yep. And he does. I, 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 I'm, I was absolutely fucking like my jaw is just sitting on the floor as this character says, now remember when they take you out there, close your eyes. And the last thing you want to be thinking is how much you love Jesus or here's going to burn you in fire for eternity with demons raping your butt. So make sure you tell Jesus you love him. And that is the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, the good guy conspiring to murder the fucking baby. And so you remember when I said that was too crazy? I lied. I lied to you. You were listening to this and you thought, yeah, oh, it's right. not that crazy. You are wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> First they needed to convince the kid to die and then they killed the baby. <laughs> That's how crazy this yes. movie is. This movie ends with convincing a baby to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then David goes off to get... Killed too, like a good little Christian, while he does a Matthew McConaughey Cadillac commercial monologue about how righteous it is to watch babies get murdered. And then everybody dies happily ever after. Right. God loves us like an abandoned balloon. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, okay. So be honest. 
Did you think they'd go baby murder? I did not think they'd go. I didn't think they had baby murder in them. Were you expecting that? I didn't. I should have known. I should have known. It's on me to... The minute there were scorpions with people's faces and lion's teeth, I should have <laughs> known. I blame myself. But they, they went full baby murder. You never go full baby murder. Okay, so other than get you some Jesus quick before God tortures you for eternity, I'm having trouble figuring out what the message of this movie. And the reason I say that, obviously that's plenty of message, but like... Like, clearly this, like, computers are bad or UPC symbols are bad. Like, I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to be terrified of at the end of this thing, other than Christians. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, my my message from the beginning, which is, I don't know anything about computers. I don't know anything about the world. The world is computers. (laughs) (laughs) That is the general message of this movie is, like, calculators and microwaves are computers they're both evil because i don't understand them locusts that sting you and you're alive and immortal for five months but in terrible pain are real anything with a flashing 12 on the clock is of the devil apparently right yeah, all right exactly. well i loved this movie way too much to ask the traditional like how bad is it type analogy thing at the close so i'm gonna go slightly different I- i'm gonna grant you eli the power to raise Russell S. Doughton from the dead long enough to remake any one movie in the history of cinema. What movie do you have him remake, and what does that movie look like? Um, I, I have him remake Chinatown. Awesome. With Jack Nicholson, yeah. And the, the only difference, it's the exact same movie, except all of his monologues, he's just talking about Jesus and crazy shit. <laughs> so it makes no sense. And then at the end, when he finds out that she's been fucking her dad, he's just super into it. <laughs> he's just totally okay with it. And then he gets stung by a locust right, with yes, a I... lady's face. <laughs> of course. And that's the end of the movie. Well, I guess that's going to do it for our review of Image of the Beast, but that doesn't wrap up the episode quite yet because, holy shit, they still have more to say after these three. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. Prodigal Planet! (laughs) (laughs) Now, the preview for this one was interesting, even compared to the other two. Um, I I wanted to mention that the, the, the announcer guy... He sounds like he's telling you timeshares. I mean, he sounds like the voice at the zoo. Yeah. You, you will now be treated to a real opportunity. Enjoy your lobster dinner, (laughs) but then we're gonna give you a short presentation about Jesus. And also, now this is, you can tell this one is even high, like the budget keeps going up, y'all. In this one, we see in the one of the preview scenes, two helicopters in the same fucking shot. Two helicopters, one shot. It's like helicopter yes. lesbianism. But we get plenty of Jerry. Uh-huh. And we get a great shot of Jerry being like, he's, cause Daniel Dennett is like, oh, those who will try to repent will no longer have the opportunity to. And Jerry makes a noise in the preview. Watch it. It's online. It's super duper <laughs> it's quick. Awesome. It's like a 30 second preview. He's like, <laughs> it's the weirdest noise. It's not even like a cry. I don't know what, I feel like he sat on his ball. You remember that episode? Of Three's Company, where he sat on his balls. Someone sat on his balls in a thing. Just Google sat on his balls. At one point, someone (laughs) sat on their balls. It's like that actor sat on his balls, and they caught it on film, and they were just like, yeah, that's the shot. That's money shot right there. Get me to a hospital! (laughs) It's fucking bizarre. I'll tell you what, I'll I'll, I'll sneak that in at the close here after the fuck you. I'll I'll sneak it in at the close of the show. His crazy little... 
high-pitched ball-sitting-on-orgasm-crying sound. Uh, but clearly, the message that we want to get, uh, that we want to send across here is that Jerry definitely gets what's coming to him, damn it, uh, which is apparently yeah. sitting on his balls. Uh, <laughs> and it also says that, like, this, it, it, it says in the preview, and I don't know about this shit yet because I haven't looked into this, but it says in two parts. It says the final part of this movie in two parts. I'm like, no, fuck that. One part. You get one goddamn part, well, y'all. No, you get one part. We got to move on. We got we have yeah, other movies to watch. Exactly. There's some more shit. No one mentioned when we started this series that there were 85 goddamn movies. Oh, and you know what? Somebody sent me an email the other day that apparently they're trying to kickstart a fifth one. Yes, I saw that. And let's make... Come on, people. Yeah, let's, let's make, make that it happen. happen single-handedly. <laughs> and then let's let's grant it. And then let's all pull the money out. You know how you can do... How trolls have been doing that to, like, charities for kids with cancers and stuff? Let's do that to the Christians for this movie. Let's <laughs> pledge all the money. And then when they go to collect, we just take it all back again. <laughs> it's just me standing there with Russ Dalton's dead body. <laughs> just on strings. Hey, everybody. It's me, Russ. I'm sure sorry I made all those shitty movies. Yeah, no, that sounds like fun. I, Because I, when I do that to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, I feel bad about it afterwards. This time I could have the same fun and and still be able to sleep at night. Listen, that's this Make-A-Wish Foundation thing is bullshit. We all know it. No one's ever made a wish to fuck somebody, so they're obviously not asking for kids for a switch. <laughs> they obviously make you a list of five. I'm just saying, if I get if I get something right now, none of my lists are going to be newsworthy. They're just going to be like, well, I don't know that we can get Miss Akira here or ready in that amount of time. Also, that's not your word to use, but that's fine. We're just going to cross these off. How about Disneyland? Would you like to be Batman? Only if I get to fuck Alexis, Texas. You can dress me however you want. I want to watch the latest Star Wars. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, that that we can I want to fuck J.J. Abrams. That's what I want to (laughs) do. Against his will. I want to fuck that's that if you're going to kickstart your final wish, it should be against someone else's wishes. So with that little rape endorsement, we're going to bring episode 14 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful. That's patreon.com slash godawful. And thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the links on the show notes to this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a guy from Brooklyn telling you to fuck yourself. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you fucking fuck? <laughs> There's no chance in eternity to change your destiny.